With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. And welcome back. Happy New Year. One Night in Pinehurst is back for 2023. Maddie's been in Boston uh, at Gillette Stadium watching hockey. Um, Big weekend for you, bud. Yeah, but a jam-packed sports weekend for sure. We had some, uh, one of my good buddies has has some really nice access. So we've kind of had like a little red carpet sports experience weekend, which has been a nice time. I guess weekend. I don't know. It feels, I still am like today's Tuesday and we're all getting back to life this week. I think there should be like a moratorium on anybody trying to do too much this week. Let's all just like be sensitive to everybody easing back into life after what felt like a longer break. I think because of the way the holidays fell, like this being a Monday makes it a little bit different, but yeah, I've had a jam-packed little weekend. I'm digging myself out mentally from it now, but I'm uh, I'm coming out of the fog here slowly but surely. How about you? Uh, it was great. It was it was kind of laid back. We we did a little trip with the kids um and I picked up sticks. I got the chainsaw out and cut down some trees in the woods and um had a blast and that is my introduction to uh our guest Selena um McMichael here um who was my across the street neighbor uh probably about eight years ago um and her and her husband and two kids at the time but now mother of three marathon runner um stroke survivor we're gonna you know talk about some of those experiences today and um Selena, thank you for joining us. I hope you had a great holiday season with the family. And it sounded like we were talking the backstage green backstage. room. Okay. Oh, which, okay, which? Backstage. I have to pick one. This year in 2023, I'm going to force you to pick one per show. I'm going to pick one. I yeah. differ between the two. But um, <laughs> a little, you went up to Vermont, home state. Um, yeah. So tell us a little bit. You're planning yeah. on... Um, Boston Marathon 2023. You're getting ready. Yeah. Yeah. I'm into uh, week six of my training right now. So yeah, I've, uh, I started my um, 2023 running goals a little bit early <laughs> this year with, uh, with Boston. I'm going to run, um, obviously it's, it's April 17th this year. So mm-hmm. um, pretty excited. I've never run a big marathon before. Um, this is number one. 
I've run a handful, but they've all been really small races up until now. I've qualified for Boston in the past, but didn't quite get there with uh, 2020 and a bunch of other things that got in the way. But uh, I'm excited now, and I'm, um, as you know, doing it with Teddy's team. So, uh, yeah, I'm excited. That's awesome. I, yeah. I'm not not an avid runner, um, just terrible at it, don't have the stamina. But knowing that you've never run the marathon before, which aspect or element of your prep is changing to be ready for this as opposed to some of those smaller races that you've run? I've always wondered this. Like, What mentally or physically do you have to do differently for this particular race? Okay. Um, and you, you might have misunderstood me. I've run a handful of marathons. Okay. Just not um, a big city, not one of the world. Okay. Does that okay. make sense? Yeah. Yep. That makes sense. Yep. I don't know. Six to eight marathons. Okay. I've done main coast marathon, the main marathon uh, a couple of times. Um, and then a lot of my marathons have been off-road marathons. So um, up, usually in Vermont, I'll pick some races, trail um, marathons. Um, even, you know, as much as like, uh, the lower ultra race distances. So 31 miles. Yeah. So the marathon itself isn't new to me. Um, but, uh, it, it's kind of like the marathon is never like, it's always daunting no matter yeah. how you, put it, <laughs> kind yeah. Of thing. yeah. Yeah. So right now I train in the gym, um, two times a week, maybe sometimes three times a week. And my running mileage is anywhere from 30 to 50 miles a week. My wow. long, yeah, my long run right now is hovering between 14 and 16 miles. Yeah. That's crazy. That's yeah. Awesome. That'll be fun. I, it's a I big commitment. Did, I yeah. did used to see Selena like on C road more often than I saw her like cross the street, right. um, you know, <laughs> constantly running yeah. <laughs> in the, in the, not even in the neighborhood, like when right. I'm going five yeah. miles down the road somewhere, but yeah, I know it's running is definitely not new to me. I've been running since I was 18 years old. Um, it's just kind of, I kind of picked up everything fitness all at once, um, right mm-hmm. around the age, right after high school, I started yoga, I started doing like some light, like weightlifting, and then I started to walk a lot for exercise, and then just kind of got slightly bored with the walking and kind of filled in the holes, and all of a sudden, you become a runner, you know, so. This yeah. happens, yeah, yeah. it is it is true, it's different, right, like everybody has, to, it, just moving your body in some capacity is obviously great, You people have to stay active, but I do have a, a level of respect for anybody who can run marathons because because of the mental and the physical, it just seems very, like you said, it's very daunting. It's hard. It's it's hard to accomplish. So that's really cool. That'll be fun. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm really excited for sure. Excited to the most marathons I've ever run. I'm always kind of in the sweet spot of being right behind the really fast pack and way ahead of the slow pack. Yeah. So it's like I'm usually like this a weird lone space. <laughs> <laughs> just yeah. drafting in the middle, just yeah. casually making yeah. sure you like, yeah. you know, looking for other people. So that won't happen at Boston. <laughs> no, no, they'll jam yeah. in. And it's is it back it's back to being the normal time of year that it would be, right? It's right around the same time in April now. It is. Yep. It's gonna be yeah. on Patriots Day Monday. Okay, perfect. Yeah. So it's back to back to normal. Back to normal. Very for sure. Cool. Very yeah. cool. 
Yeah. So in in your part of Teddy's team, like yeah. tell me about your experience, like how you got introduced to this sure. and where this all started. Yeah, I can. That, that's probably going to be, um, I'll, I'll probably loop around and go in circles a little that's bit. That's okay. That, that's how I go ask for the questions. So, yeah. 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 So, like, okay. So there's the loaded question. So I'm, um, as you both know, and I've read my story, I've, um, I've been through five strokes. Um, and um, the earliest one, I was very young, 19 years old when I had two strokes at that time. Um, and then many years kind of have passed and I had isolated those events um, as kind of like something that happened. Um, and then uh, moved on with life as you do, <laughs> you know, into right. my yeah, into my 30s, it was just kind of something that happened in the past. Um, we thought it was due to birth control pills. So it was kind of an easy fix, you know, mm. stop taking the, the birth control pills. Everything is good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then in, into my 30s, I started to have some stroke-like symptoms um, quite quite often. Um, and they would go either misdiagnosed or undiagnosed kind of thing, Um but, um, but they were little warning signs kind of of what was to come. Um, and again, that kind of that happened through the, my 30s. And then literally a couple of days after my 40th birthday, I had a, a, a big stroke. It was very significant. Um, I had um, complete loss of um, use of my, my left hand and arm to a good extent. I, um, I had the kind of typical... Um, face droop happening, um, arm weakness. I couldn't pick things up with both either hand at the time. My speech changed. Like you couldn't, the tone of my voice was very different. It was like really, really deep. Um, yeah. I have kind of like a lower tone voice, but it was really low. Um, my breathing was really hard. I couldn't swallow anything. Um, yeah. So it was, it was pretty major. Um, but it was kind of, uh, it was very, um, I don't know, I had a, kind of a weird experience with it because I, I knew those symptoms that I had been experiencing for, you know, almost a decade kind of stemmed back to those strokes that I yeah. had had in the past. But I just, I could not get anyone to kind of put a finger on it and be like, look, this is what it is. This is what you need to do to be safe. Um, I just couldn't get those kind of answers um and you so, saw like professionals yeah. too right yeah. like you you yeah I had gone to the emergency room actually more than once during that time okay. um yeah so I can remember those instances really clearly but the first time um I was probably 30 like right on the dot 30 years old um went to the ER with um my face was really numb and tingly and the feeling in my hand was really off. And those oh. were the symptoms I had when I was 19, that my hand was just like numb, like you would feel it. And it was pins and needles. It wasn't quite working. Um, and I just remember like, like feeling your face, my tongue was, was kind of numb, but it was very subtle. So going yeah. to the emergency room with those symptoms is kind of a weird place to be. <laughs> You're like, yeah. oh. But I did when I when I got there, I let them know that I had a history, right, of having two strokes, and I was just it was just dismissed. Um, 
they told me that there's no way there was like any relation between the symptoms I was having and the past symptoms. Um, they, they ran my electrolyte levels um, and that was really it. And then they, they sent me home. Yeah. Uh, and without the benefit of any sort of hindsight, those warning signs that you mentioned that you experienced, you know, as yeah. young as you were up through into your thirties. Yeah. It's hard to fit like, right. No matter how good of a medical professional you're working with and talking to, it's hard to, cause there's so many different examples. Like, and yes. I think, you know, in doing yep. a little bit of reading, it, it turns out, yep. so I get yours is specifically classified as cryptogenic. Is that accurate? Yes. So it's yep. genic ischemic stroke. Yeah. So there's no good way to say, we've yeah. seen this a bunch of times. You have all of these symptoms. This is what you have, which obviously makes the, the aspect yep. of this a lot scarier, I would imagine. Yes, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So I did. And then kind of fast forward a few more years, I had a more significant mini stroke uh, where I was teaching at that time. Um, I was a teacher in Buxton and I dropped a handful of papers. My hand wasn't working. Um, I lost complete speech for, I don't know, five seconds, maybe. Um, and then the after effects though, like my speech was slurred for the rest of the day, maybe even the next day. Um, like again, my tongue was very numb. Um, my hand was okay, but I could kind of feel that pins and needles feeling for quite mm. some time. And I, that was taken a lot more seriously. And these are probably five years apart. And, um, because of my history this time, they took it seriously. They ran CAT scans, they did an MRI, um, and then a lot of follow-up testing because when they did the CAT scan and MRI, they didn't find any new um, information. So meaning there was no brain damage then, but they found the old strokes that had happened. Um, so they, then they just, um, you know, I found the neurologist and they ran every single test known to man and just come out with perfect, you know, everything. So yeah, that's happened <laughs> to me quite a few times now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's, yeah. and that, I would imagine that's the scary part, right? Is the unknown. Um, yeah. Yeah. yeah definitely the unknown is the tricky part. It's the scary part. Um, but it kind of what tended to happen after that was that, okay, these are symptoms. They kind of got, um, what would you say, um, clumped up with migraine symptoms because yeah. migraines and mini strokes are almost impossible to tell yeah. the difference. I, yeah. I, Go as far as say they are impossible to tell the difference. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, as like now, like such a many time stroke survivor, I would probably call mine mini strokes just because I'm like, hey, I have that history. <laughs> like it's solid. We know um, what this is. But um, yeah, so it was just labeled as migraine or migraine with aura. And then that's a very normal thing to happen. You could take something for it to try to stop migraines. Um, but yeah. yeah. And kind of Mike, you know, in my like health, I'm just like a very health conscious person. I'm not oh, going to yeah. volunteer to take some medication. And <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah, no, it didn't. Like, I'm like, well, this is normal. Why am I going to take that? You know, I'm like, that, okay. yeah. I never actually had migraines with pain until after my last stroke either. So yeah. I, I remember hearing, and, and you, you guys live just a few miles from the beach and 
I, I don't know if it was I was reading a Facebook post or or what the case was, but like you were out surfing, um, and and you had an issue there. If that's something you're comfortable talking about, like yeah, no, that was so that was the the stroke in 2019. Okay. That was, that was that big one. I wasn't out surfing. Jason, oh, Jason was. That's right. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah. So what happened there is um, I had all the, the symptoms, right? Um, it was a pretty decent stroke, like I said, all those classic symptoms. And this was the one that in my mind proved, right, obviously, yeah. that all the symptoms I had leading up to this were warnings. Because um, I had even had maybe a month before this one, a really significant mini stroke where both my arms kind of went numb. Um, I really felt my face tingly and just felt really off for that night. Um, so that, that was kind of like, that was kind of like, here's your last warning, right? Um, yeah. yeah. But I just kind of learned over the years to ignore them. Yeah. The warning, I was like, kind of would just, maybe find a little space to myself for a second, get through it and keep moving on. Um, yeah. So it had happened in 2019. I was home alone with the kids. I was actually getting all my running gear on just about um, ready to head out the door for a jog. And um, it started happening. Then I, um, I was just drinking coffee kind of, we were headed up North for a long weekend and, um, to my sister-in-law's wedding and um, everyone was super excited. So I was like, I was getting my run in, Jason was getting a surf in and then um, it just hit, you know? Um, and uh, my daughters at the time weren't familiar with my stroke history, which, you know, is not great <laughs> for them to find out about it like that. Um, you know, so I just remember um, Anila, my daughter, I called for her, let her know uh, quite a few times, like, I'm having a stroke. I could talk, but it was very choppy. It was yeah. very slurred. I My left side of my face was seriously drooped down. Um, I had a lot of drool, you know, coming out of my mouth. Um, so she called 911 and, um, you know, um, I think it surprised <laughs> the EMTs on the phone because they, they're just like, how do you know? They, I just yeah. remember asking her so many questions and I remember being frustrated even then. I'm like, this is definitely a stroke, you know? I'm um, an expert now. I, I know I've done this. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. And they're like, well, how do you know it is? And they were very nice, kind to her. And sure. we lived so close to dispatch that yep. I could hear like, while she was on the phone, I could hear the ambulances through the phone. So I knew yeah. they were already away. Um, yeah. You know, they're literally one mile down the street. Um, so then they came in um, and uh, Anela was just in shock. She ended up um, unfortunately passing out, falling down on the floor, um, lost it. It was a lot. Yeah. So um, actually, when the EMTs came into the house, Anela was more of a concern than I was because she was unconscious. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she was unconscious. They couldn't get her to come to right away. Um, so it was just kind of like a scene of pretty heavy chaos. You have yeah. That's a lot. To, yeah. To it, was a lot. yeah. It was a lot. I had two dogs like wildly barking. I just remember the noise, you know? Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. And then um, my son, um, this was a few years ago now. Um, so 2019, how many years ago was that? Three? <laughs> yeah. Who knows? They're all the Who same knows now. at this point. <laughs> yeah. So he was like three. You know, and my middle daughter um, were together, kind of like watching cartoons, and they were obviously very confused. Um, and then um, they they did the thing where they waved this stuff under her nose, and she came right too. But at first, yeah. they were, like, "What kind of heart conditions does she have?" And I'm just like, I was just like floored. I'm like, none, you know, like none. Yeah. yeah. Well, in that um, moment, you're expect they're coming there for you, and your mind yeah. is kind of like, "How do I get through this?" event right to the next to the part where i can feel a little better and then it's like well here's some more stuff we're gonna throw at you so it's yeah exactly so they ended up calling for a second ambulance they took us separately um and then i was um a little confused obviously is like this is right mid-stroke this is all happening um and pretty sure it either i'm extremely calm or it like turned off the part of your brain where you're like thinking and comprehending yeah. not really which one but um I just remember walking into the ambulance thinking that like the kids are all coming with me they definitely weren't you know Anela was in a separate ambulance and like about halfway you know to Biddeford I'm just like where are the kids <laughs> you know <laughs> your, your mom kicks in and you're just yeah. sort of like trying to connect all the dots yeah yeah, yeah the thoughts but the thoughts are very slow yeah you know those are kind of common denominators in the strokes that i've had the past few years is that the thoughts are coming but they're coming slowly and uh, jason was out surfing so they had a couple officers at the house to stay with the kids that were left behind and then i explained i was able to explain and articulate that he was at luckily at kenny bunk or gucci's speech which is you know, an easy place to find. Luckily he wasn't somewhere where it was really difficult to find. Yeah. So a couple other um, police officers went there to get him out of the water. Yeah. To get that and, done. And had to escort him home. And then, uh, then he, he met us in, in Biddeford. That's yeah. That's traumatic. I mean, obviously that's yeah. a traumatic experience. I would imagine it probably brought you all a little bit closer somehow as a family, like everybody's sort of like super in tune with everybody else's sort of health and feeling and thoughts, which is, I'm guessing maybe the only yeah. silver lining of that experience. No, I mean, that's definitely, uh, that's definitely true. That's definitely one of those big things where when you see like, like your family, um, in those places, mm. it's a really hard thing. Um, and it, it, it automatically brings everyone together, you know, and extended family too, and friends, you know, yeah. Yeah. I think the, uh, the moments where you, you know, the friends that you have pull together and yeah. they kind of, you know, it's a nice feeling. Well, it's like, you know, I don't want to say real friends, but those like true friends that yeah are, those deep relationships yeah and they're, they're there for you and sometimes yeah. it's surprising who's like there at the door you know um, yeah. um i know that surprised me pretty big i think i'd only been home from the hospital a few hours and then someone showed up at the door of food be- yeah. because it had happened at the beach and i mean it was like the surf swell of the entire fall it was like a yeah. major <laughs> and like all of jason's it was so big and he's you know there's not a lot of people here that surf the really big waves um 
that uh, there was a lot of people just watching, uh, yeah. you know, so they kind of had to watch that whole scene happen at the beach, um, you know, where someone actually jumped on top of his, the van, or we have a surf van, and to, to draw major attention because it wasn't like a regular day of surf where people, you could just see them and just like, like hey, wait yeah, a minute. 50 feet out. out <laughs> a very long way. Yeah. 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 Now, so a big effort to get them yeah yeah one thing i'm curious about i'd love to get your perspective on so in in the very basic research i did you know roughly about eight hundred thousand people a year will have strokes in the united states um one in three are the version that you have so you know obviously less less common what and, and i also read that the majority of those people happen to be people who just aren't in great health and so these things sort of pile up, right? Because they're blood clots that happen because other parts of your body have to be working a little bit harder. You yep. have, you seem to have always been in really good health because you've always been very active and you've been a runner your whole life. What yeah. have you, what changes, if any, have you made to your day-to-day, like maybe what you eat and what you do and the things that have helped you to sort of like get a hold of this a little bit from somebody sure. who's already very active? Like what are the types of things that you did to, to make, to make some changes? Sure. Um, Honestly, I haven't made a lot of changes um, diet-wise. I mean, hydration, I'm a little more like wary of mm-hmm. hydration for sure, because um, it is like a slight risk factor for blood clotting yep. is hydration. So that was one that I um, have taken quite seriously since um, since this all this kind of stuff happened. Um, That's probably the one most people skip too, just drinking enough water in a given day. Yeah. 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 I know that's a really big one. My diet doesn't really change all that much. I eat a really well balanced whole foods diet. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of always have, I, I don't um, really avoid any food. There's nothing that I won't like, like refuse to eat kind of thing. Um yeah. But I do, in general, try to balance it pretty well and um, eat a lot of vegetables, a lot of fruit, um, you know, lean, um, solid protein, that kind of thing. Fat. I do yeah. eat a lot more fat than I used to in mm-hmm. my 30s. Um, I don't know if that's my training level or or what, but I, I find that to be pretty beneficial these days, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. yeah so, so not a ton, but. One thing I was going to ask, too. Yeah. Like, So you've always been like ingrained in the community in terms of fitness and, and going outdoors and everything. Yeah. Nina ran her first half marathon and the first person that like showed up at our door was, was you like congratulating her. So like, um, what, and like, it was really special. Like, and, and you could tell how enthusiastic you were about like your passion for other yeah. people um yeah getting into running or or whatever the case might be so like what would you tell someone that is contemplating running their first 5k running their first half marathon um or yeah. or marathon like what what advice would you give yeah i always um and this has come up a lot lately i i think um it, it definitely excites me because I think it's a great journey for anyone to to kind of start, you know, and kind of open that door. Um, advice? Oh. No, you're there. You're there. I you're just, good. Okay. I'm getting a low battery. I might have to plug in. But, um, yeah, I 
I always tell people to like, to balance things out. I think that's one thing that I've been really good at. And I think that's why I've been successful. And as I'm aging, I'm 43 now, um, I'm still seeing a lot of success with being able to run injury free. So I, anyone who's super excited about running, I'm, I'm really excited for them. And I always, um, you know, want to, I tell them that running's the great humbler. It, it will absolutely humble you. It's going to tell you exactly where you have issues in your body <laughs> and it's going to, yeah, it's going to tell you exactly if you can listen to it. I mean, I'm, I've done it so much that I know how to listen to it, but I tell them like, you need to strength train, you know, you need to eat well, you, you know, especially if you're maybe not just like a 5k, but if you're looking at half marathon or marathon distances, the, uh, the strength training and cross training is huge. It's key. So that, that's what I usually um, talk about with people after that initial excitement. And I'm always really super supportive of anyone that wants to try it. Um, you know, I, I, I personally believe anyone that really wants to could run a marathon yeah, and especially a half marathon. Like if you can exercise for an hour consistently, you could run a half marathon. Yeah. Cause it's all aerobic yeah. at that point. And what, if you do the yeah. other things to make sure that your body and the muscles and, and everything else is going to be not sore and yeah. causing others issues, then yeah. Exactly. I always warn people about sneakers and like you have to have great sneakers, you know, and you know, you might have to buy a few pairs in the process. You know, that's, that's kind of a process with distances too, with running. What yeah. About shin splints? Oh yeah. Sure. <laughs> that. That is one I dealt with so many years ago. I, I think like, again, that's, that's just, it's going to be the same thing. It's going to be, okay, are you cross-training? Are you, are you adding too much running too fast? That, that's going to give you like those little like injuries that just keep people away from running. Yeah. yeah. And then like walking, you know, like run a little, walk, run a little, walk. <laughs> yeah. That, you know, that's build the endurance that way yeah for sure Lena, thank you for being the first person to ever call me too fast uh or doing <laughs> yeah right <laughs> yeah when she's talking about hum- humbling running being humbling i'm just immediately thinking about our golf game and how humbling that is so uh, yeah. related definitely yeah very humbling i think to, anytime to be... you, you try something or, or that you're not an expert at right or you're not like really good at and and is some sort of athletic experience like there's there are going to be humbling moments yeah for sure yeah yeah i was just telling someone the other day they're like oh this hurts or that hurts i'm like yeah running will tell you what is wrong and where (laughs) you know unfortunately it will especially if you're over the age of like 35 (laughs) Yeah, yeah everything gets a little harder yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, It's yeah. not as easy just to roll out of bed and just go move around and not pull every muscle in your body or, or uh, have other issues. Yeah, definitely. But I'm just remembering yeah. you guys asked what brought me to Teddy's team. Yeah. So, yeah, after um, that stroke in 2019, um, I recovered very fast from my strokes as well, which is, um, I think, a very unique, unusual thing. Um, um, similar to Teddy Bruschi's story where that comeback where 
you know, at the height of his career, he had a stroke. Um, he rehabbed extremely fast, went back into it. Um, I have never really needed um, ther- therapy. Um, I've never really needed physical therapy, occupational therapy, speech. I've needed like a tiny bit, but graduated so fast that I just didn't really qualify for it anymore yeah. uh, kind of thing. Um, and then unfortunately, after the strokes in 2019 and through a process of heart surgery, I did have another stroke in 2021. Um, and again, it's just like all the testing again, everything's normal. Nothing's wrong. <laughs> you uh, know? Yeah. And the heart surgery was a PFO, um, uh, PFO closure. So when um, stroke patients do have, cryptogenic stroke or no other known cause they look for a pfo which is a small hole in the heart between the chambers that you're born with and on 25 percent of people they just don't close after birth um so mine wasn't closed and the anatomy of mine is such that it had a little flap inside of it where there's kind of like a good size one where blood could tend to clot there um so so they thought that was the end all like cause like that has to be it. And we were so excited. Like, like couldn't believe actually that there was like some like actual cause to this Inter- problem. Yeah. Yeah. The root, you know, because that hole actually was found when I had that mini stroke where they did all the testing. But at that time, the research wasn't saying that that was problematic. Mm-hmm. So I've kind of also been dealing with this problem long enough to see the research change and ebb and flow. Because yeah. mm. now it's also like they went and closed it. And now there's also research saying, well, we really don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, always, it's, it's always evolving. Science yeah. just never stands yeah. still. Yeah. yeah. So mine's closed, but I had it did have another stroke. Um, so basically what happened after that last one is I'm on some significant medication now. Pretty much forevermore. No, yeah. there'd be no doctor that would ever take me off of it. I mean, I could probably choose to stop taking it, but I mean, it's kind of a risk <laughs> you're gonna, yeah. you're gonna take, not knowing. Um, so and I take any other side. Yeah, I've taken. I take anticoagulation twice a day, mm-hmm. and I take baby aspirin every day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, so. I've kind of slowly since 2021, um, but also again, I recovered from that stroke really well and quickly also. Um, that stroke was a little different because I lost my ability to talk a hundred percent. Yeah. For, I don't know how long it was. It felt like a long time. It was probably five to 10 minutes maximum. Yeah. But, okay. um, one thing that you were asking is like, you know, why, what's that like attitude to keep going, to keep pushing yeah. as soon as it was, as soon as that stroke was happening, like I knew what it was. Um, but, um, and I could not talk. I couldn't get any, like anything out in my head. I was just telling myself, you have to fight this. You have to fight this. Like as soon as it was happening, I was yeah. saying myself um like all i remember was fighting the entire time to get some kind of sound to come out of my mouth um because i know that like with the brain if you can like override it super fast yeah 
your, the brain rewires itself, right? Um, or has the ability to rewire itself. And again, I don't know if I'm lucky or if that it, like power of mindset allowed that to happen, but um, it just, both. Yeah, yeah, probably both. You know, I was just kind of like there in my head, kind of like that kind of like self-talk of like, I'll do this when I'm running too. I'm not necessarily super nice to myself with my self-talk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, I don't think any of us are. No, <laughs> no. Oh, I just remember being like, yeah, you know, I just kept going and going until um, I actually had a pretty powerful moment. We were actually up at um, in Vermont snowboarding and um, a really good friend of mine, like childhood friend of mine is the head of the ski patrol up there. Mm-hmm. And um, he, um, wasn't there right away. It wasn't like the first person on, on, um, on spot, um, or to come to the incident. Um, but I saw him kind of down the hallway coming. And as soon as I saw him, I just started crying like full force and that brought the voice back out. Um, yeah, it was very powerful. It was like, you know, um, yeah, yeah. The speech and the thoughts were extremely slow to come back, but they did come back and I just kept fighting it um, then, you know, to come and, back. And, and, and while you're fighting it, like in that moment, did it feel like your brain was still sort of telling you what you should do, but your mouth, your mouth just quite physically could not complete the process or was it all a fog? Um, no, I feel like I, I was pretty clear. Like, yeah clear that I couldn't move. I couldn't move my lips or anything even. Gotcha. So the muscles there. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But for some reason I started to cry after that happened. It kind of came back slow um, a little bit. Yeah. 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 You hear a lot of, you hear that whole like cliche, like seize the day, carpe diem, et cetera. And I think people, we wait, we obviously wait too long to do those things as humans until something's gone wrong. And now you've been through multiple of them. Yes. Yeah. Seize the, yeah. Seize the day is nice on a macro level, but do you, do you have yeah. any strategies that you've employed or that you could share with anybody who's going through something similar where, you know, there's some actionable advice there on how to execute on actually doing that? Like what have you, if you reprioritized anything in your life or what have you learned from all of these experiences? Yeah, I think, um, I think, you know, definitely mentally um, reprioritize um, just the way, how powerful it is to take care of yourself, you know, um, self-care. I've always been all about that. So, again, it's not a new idea, but I feel even more strongly about it now um, as I am getting older. I'm probably in the best shape of my life. I can continue to say that you know, and I, I feel like that practice is extremely important, um, you know, um, and I don't feel like every person has to be like, you know, some kind of crazy marathon athlete, but, you know, if you get to do something that challenges yourself on a daily basis, yeah. I feel like that's kind of what's helped keep me out of trouble, you know, I've had a few doctors allude to it, but no one will kind of absolutely say that. Um, I feel like it's kept me out of trouble um, as far as my amazingly fast recovery. Yeah. Yeah. What scares me the most is knowing that most people that have gone through this have permanent disability. Mm-hmm. You know, um, 
permanent disability. That's pretty scary, you know. Yeah. Never fully regain speech or, you know, have full loss of a hand or, you know, and the people that that I've heard of, I mean, I know there's a lot of other people like Teddy Bruschi. Yep. He's an he's a crazy athlete, you know. Um like I'm I'm not comparing myself to Teddy, but like I my training level is pretty pretty high you yeah. know um it's uh it's definitely abnormal for um the average person five percent you know? of training levels like you're yeah, yeah doing yeah. things like not everyone yeah. runs marathons yeah. even but that's yeah. your advantage that's your advantage so it's right. smart of you to lean into it yeah yeah so i just yeah i don't i try not to take any day for granted but as humans we all you know we all do that but um, I do try to remember and being a part of Teddy's team this year has really um, helped me to realize how lucky I am. And I just feel really strongly about sharing my story with other people, with spreading awareness, first and foremost, um, on what are the stroke symptoms, you know, I really want young people to know what they are uh, because it's it's not all uncommon for young people to have strokes um especially like again that like 40 and up you know crowd it's not that abnormal i since i have joined teddy's team or was accepted to the team in october i know four people ages like 38 to 43 that have had strokes and significant ones um you know, so it's uh, even locally. So it's it's not like that. Um, what would you say? Uncommon. uncommon. Yeah. 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 And it is like, is it 40 percent or one in four people or something like that will have a stroke in their lifetime? Yeah. You know, those aren't great odds. <laughs> yeah. And They're, I saw too, one in seven are people aged 15 to 49. So to your point, yeah, you know, educating the younger People who yeah. think to themselves, this is never going to happen to me and making sure they understand those warning signs because you've seen every one of them now. Yeah, I have. And they haven't always been the same. They've been different each time. And when I was younger, the symptoms were very different. When I was 19, I had two strokes and I didn't know I had a stroke. I didn't go to the doctor. I didn't go to the hospital. I didn't do anything the first time because I just kind of regained everything so quickly that... um kind of was like, well, it was weird. That was very strange. <laughs> you know? yeah. 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 So yeah. Selena, I've got two more questions and then yeah. I, I, I want to make sure we, we um, answer. One is yeah. one of the most important ones, your mm-hmm. post-marathon meal. Oh, post-marathon meal? I usually do yeah. on this podcast. I usually do yeah. like the station okay. snack or whatever. Um, yeah. You're heading to the marathon, or you're heading home from the marathon. But I feel yeah. like you've earned it after you know yeah. the 26.2 miles. Like, mm-hmm. sure, yeah. I, I want to know: Are you going like a, a pasta dish? Are you going like a burger? Like where? Yeah. And I know you're living on the healthy world side too. Like it might just be a huge salad with like yeah. some. It would be. Chicken <laughs> <No>. <laughs> or whatever with a protein. Yeah, yeah with a protein. <laughs> no, I mean. Always with marathons, it's going to depend how you feel, you know, but uh, uh, marathons, you can just feel like total trash, uh, you know, I'm just hope, <laughs> hoping that's not the case. Um, but um, 
definitely like fat, like a burger would definitely be like the best thing ever, you know, or like some of that like greasy, like New York style pizza, you know, you're definitely looking for, again, like substantial, yeah, fat content, protein, it's going to help with recovery too. Um, But yeah, yeah, French fries all the way, salt, (laughs) yeah, lots of salt, margarita. Yeah. Is salt is salt is important too. People somehow yeah. we demonize salt along the way, but salt is a necessary yeah. nutrient that we should get more of. Oh yeah. <laughs> I don't know that we need more of it. <laughs> we do. Gibby, we do. Okay. I yep. bet you people are deficient there, I would imagine. As long as you eat the right kind of salt. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, definitely salt, fat, all the way. Yeah, but I'm pretty good about marathon training. I probably gain a significant amount of weight during because Number one, I'm like a huge fan of building as much muscle muscle as possible. So I definitely do hit the gym. Um, and I take that pretty seriously. I take it just as seriously as the running. Um, and then eating, like I definitely eat like super solid the whole training schedule. Yeah. So I don't anything. Takes and a lot I, of discipline. Yeah. And I definitely eat foods that, you know, aren't like super ideal. <laughs> But less, you're probably, it's the, the minority of your diet is that as opposed to the majority. Yeah, oh, yeah. for sure. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. Anna, that's a great question. So, sure. well, thank you. Um, <laughs> what, um, what would you say in terms of like what we can do, what people, our listeners can do to support you and your efforts in getting the word out there? Um, you know, supporting your efforts in the Boston Marathon as well. Uh, How can, how can we help? How can our listeners? Yeah, right. No, I, I, I definitely appreciate that. Um, So Teddy's, again, Teddy's team, the reason why I chose Teddy's team was for obvious reasons is that it's a stroke foundation. Teddy has had multiple strokes as well. They've been extremely similar to mine. He doesn't, really have a known cause either if you Mm. read about him it'll say ischemic stroke so we know that i've had ischemic strokes also and it'll say caused by a blood clot but nobody knows what's causing that blood clot does that make sense yeah sometimes people will be like oh we know it was caused by a blood clot well yeah it was caused by a blood clot but we don't know what caused the blood clotting um so um and teddy's team is doing really really great research um, and just actually funded um, the Center of Excellence in Stroke Recovery at Mass General. So that is like huge um, that they've been able to to fund um, a whole center for research and for stroke survivors um, through through the donations of listeners, of supporters, of friends of family, uh, you know, every little bit counts and adds up. So I think if this is a cause that you are are looking to support, um, you're welcome to find, you know, my my fundraising page, um, which I can share with you guys. Yeah, we'll yeah. we'll send Please. it yeah. out to the, the yeah. internet. So, yeah, or, not TikTok. Or, not TikTok. <laughs> or it's as easy as, you know, finding Teddy's team online as well. You can yep. always donate directly to Teddy's team. And um, they have, they now have um, running teams that run every world marathon. So you'll see 
came up Boston, Chicago, New York, Tokyo, you know, all of them. And then they're starting to do a lot of smaller races as well. Yeah, it's really, like yeah, definitely. I've done a lot of really good work right now. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. So yeah, are- just knowing the signs. I mean, do you know the signs? <laughs> Let's run through them. All right. What's the acronym? It's be fast, which is cool for running, right? Be yeah, fast. Right. Yeah. So it's like balance, like mm-hmm. being off balance or off kilter is one of them. Um, eyesight changes is the E, right? So blurred vision. I've had a lot of like aura, like around the eyes where you're kind of like seeing stars almost, yeah. I would say. Um, facial things. Like drop is the thing people recognize. But sometimes for me, it's just been like tingling. Like your face just feels like pins and needles. That's it, right? Yeah. It doesn't have to be like major um, arm weaknesses. Usually it's one-sided, but I can tell you I've had both sides go at the same time. Um, You know, um, arm weaknesses, dropping things, speech changes or difficulty talking or not talking at all is a big one, even if it's for like a split second. Uh, So I think... Knowing from experience is that these things would happen, but it would be so fast and it would recover and leave so fast. You're just kind of like, okay, I'm probably fine. Nothing. Yeah. Yeah. I'm fine. That was probably nothing. If you go to the hospital, they're going to run some tests. Maybe they're going to run some tests and they're going to find nothing, yeah. you know? So it's, it's not the easiest thing to do. <laughs> yeah. It's you know? hard. I, I would say to anyone so then speech def- difficulties, the T stands for it's time to call 911. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the difficulty is, is, like I said, is that it's it's hard to take seriously because uh, it could be a migraine. You know, migraines yeah. are very um, common. And you don't want to go, you, you feel like at that point, you're like, am I wasting everyone's time by yes. sounding the alarms for nothing, yep. which is not a good thought process, but happens. Right. It's not, I would, I would say to people and like anyone listening to this, if it's a pattern, if it's like yeah. a serious pattern where it's happening commonly, like all the time or like on a monthly basis, then I would definitely talk to somebody and, you know, it might happen. Like what happened to me? I, I did talk to people, you know, and they're like, that's normal. You know, it's, I just, I feel like it's such a hard place. Yeah. Like, you have to advocate for yourself. You have to be your own agency with yes. this type of thing. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Yeah. Very, very strong advocate um, along the way, you know, yeah. definitely. Cause it was, I was actually, when I turned 40 and I had those initial strokes um, and I had learned, okay, I was right. You know, I, I knew yeah. this was what it is. And I basically threw my doctor out. <laughs> I was like, I was like, this guy's not my doctor. Anymore. This relationship is not working out. I was like, this is over. I'm like, I need a <laughs> neurologist. I'm like, I, I remember like being like pretty upset in the ER. Yeah. Just like, I was like, I will not see that like practice at all. Like you need yeah. to find something else. Yeah. 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 We've got Dempsey in Kenny Bunk. Um, yeah. so doctor. <laughs> Yeah, was, right. Was he McDreamy or McSteamy? I don't know. McDreamy, yeah. Yeah, McDreamy. Like, send me him. He, yeah. 
He's from there, or does he live there now as lives, well? Or I think he lives there now. Okay. But, I actually um, work with somebody I, named Patrick Dempsey. It's hilarious. Same name, oh, same that's, song. That's but, super. Yeah. So, Selena, thank you. Yeah. A million times over. Um, everyone, please, like, if you've got a few bucks to spare, or you don't, um, go, you know, overdraft your bank account. Support no. this. <laughs> yes. Support the efforts. No, but in all seriousness, like uh, this is fantastic. And Selena, th- thank you, like for being brave yeah. and, and yep. sharing yeah. your story. Because if this helps one person, right? Like, yeah. then really? we've been doing this podcast for three and a half months, and it's well yeah. worth it. Um, yeah, so. yeah, that would be a good ROI for us. As long as it, somebody's life has changed for the better from it, then your bravery yeah. will be yeah. rewarded 10 times over. So yeah, yeah, that's how I've been feeling about it. I feel like I told this straight to Teddy when I met him. I was like, I feel like well, I told him I found, I was like, I found my people. Like, I, you know, mm-hmm. I thanked them because it was like a process of being accepted. Like yeah. I couldn't imagine not getting accepted, you know, but there was a moment <laughs> where I was like, know if they're going to take me on the team you know but uh yeah he was like I told him like I like meant to do this because mm-hmm. I'm like I have like my cognitive abilities still I'm like I can talk just fine you know yeah. I can do all like this stuff. like the least I can do is you know is help out here yeah, yeah. so That's yeah awesome. you're doing That's an awesome, awesome job yeah thank yeah. you yeah. I'm really you. I appreciate it. Uh, yeah so. thank you for the interview i i appreciate it for sure Very thanks much. for coming on it's it's more than our pleasure thank you for the story okay yeah. awesome care thanks care. Selena. all right we'll talk soon